Hello and welcome to episode 87 of the NFL Scotland podcast. The Super Bowl was an absolute classic. The Chiefs win their first one in 50 years. My name is Cameron Hobbs. And my name's Paul Mitchell. It was a night for Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy Garoppolo to see what they could do. I'm not sure I agree with the MVP award. We'll talk about that later. But it's Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs who celebrate. I said I wouldn't hold it against them if they won. And I stand to that. Do you know what? They deserved that comeback victory. It was always on the cards. Even that late in the game, you knew Mahomes could do it. And sure enough, he took his team by the scruff of the neck. And they are Super Bowl champions. And there's a friend of mine who bet against his team just in case and ended up with a nice fat wallet. But we'll cover that another day. (laughs) Welcome to the NFL Scotland Super Bowl Review Edition. Yes, indeed. And let's kick off with that. Yes, that's called emotional balancing um, is what that's called when you basically back the other team. And rightly, I chumped chucked a lump on when it was 2010 because it's like you know i can sense a comeback's coming and sure enough it did uh, listen so the worst what, what odds did you get uh it was five to one at that five oh, to nice. one so um yes uh so i've been i've had some money aside for a new tv uh and i had a bet on anyway because i backed i backed the chiefs in about october when they were they had the bet of a falter uh Mahomes was then injured and things like that so their odds went way out and i thought oh, that doesn't matter as long as they make the playoffs. Mahomes has got a chance to take them all the way. So I put a, a small sort of bet on at that point, I think 20 quid on them, uh, which then was going to result in getting me about 180 anyway. But then I lumped on, lumped on, ended up uh, with enough money that I should be able to buy a new TV outright pretty much. So do you know what? The Chiefs will allow me to watch the 49ers next season on a much bigger screen. So hey, not, <laughs> it's not, all is not lost. Uh, and do you know what? We'll come on to the 49ers because I think that we're in a... Uh, we're in a good standing but credit where it's due do you know what Mahomes has started slowly all through this postseason sorry not preseason he has started slow in every single game and the Chiefs have had to come back in every single game but that's exactly what they've done and they're so dangerous they're so fast we knew that the secondary of the 49ers was definitely going to be a problem if the Chiefs were able to exploit that then they would come out on top Ultimately, they didn't really exploit it until about seven minutes to go into the fourth quarter. But from that point, the momentum completely swung. The Niners' heads went down. We looked out of ideas and the Chiefs came back and won. Uh, Very much deserved. You know, I thought that they, they played not brilliantly. I don't think either side was particularly brilliant in any uh, part of the park. Again, you you highlighted there Mahomes got the MVP. Eh, there's other contenders that could have been into that conversation. But um, it was an important comeback. It, it, Mahomes stepped up when he needed to. That pass to Tyreek Hill was basically, for me, what swung that game. As soon as yes. he made that full-length field almost pass, that was I was like, right, okay, this is we're in trouble now. And sure enough, that was what transpired. Was it disappointing that it was a third and 15? And I thought your secondary had played pretty well all night, but you seemed to be all alone just in that triangle of hurt as far as you were concerned. I think that it was more down to the front seven were doing really well and they were keeping Mahomes honest. He was not given the time that he's been given over the the years. I mean, to have thrown as many interceptions as he's thrown touchdowns, there's not many games you'll be saying that about Patrick Mahomes in. Um, You know, he was limited to under 300 yards. The uh, the 49ers defense is legitimately good. There is definitely issues though in that secondary. But even if you had really good secondary, the talent that the Chiefs have 
and Watkins in his pace, with Tyreek Hill in his pace, with Kelsey and the physicality that he offers. Uh, you've got McCole Hardman who can come in there and offer up some pace. You've got Damien Williams at the backfield who is a threat. The one thing I would say that San Francisco need to go and focus in on is missed tackles. I think missed tackles more than anything else cost us the odd four or five extra yards when it could have been forced back and we could have put way more pressure on them that could have got them much more panicky. We allowed them too many opportunities to just keep getting first downs, first downs. And every time you get another first down, the confidence gets up. The confidence gets up. With a couple of, um, you know, you look at the first half and it's 10-10 at the break. We've done a pretty good job of restricting them. We've done a decent job ourselves on a couple of drives. We start the third quarter really well. Uh, and then obviously the interception in the fourth quarter and you think, oh, hang on a minute. If we can convert here... Um, at 20 points to 10, and we can make this 27-10, then ultimately you've got a really good position to be in. You're in a three-scoring game, and all you've got to do there is just run the clock down. We didn't we didn't get those seven points, and ultimately the Chiefs came back into the game, and then that was that. The momentum just completely swung. 21 points in the fourth quarter. Kyle uh, Shanahan definitely has to look at his fourth-quarter performances in the Super Bowl because that's two stinkers. Um, and ultimately the Chiefs did what they needed to do. Yeah, I mean, I thought his interview with Aaron Andrews at the end was quite telling. He was obviously, you know, completely gutted by it all. And why wouldn't you be? I thought I thought they gave a really good account of themselves. I agree. I thought San Francisco had a couple of chances. I was surprised they didn't run it a little bit more in the fourth quarter, I think. But, you know, Gordon McGuinness, one of our NFL Scotland guys, did say that, Perhaps the end of the the second quarter, the you know end of the first half wasn't well handled by San Francisco. Now you remember I mentioned that when the Saints lost to the Vikings. You know it's not necessarily what happens in quarters three and four. Sometimes if you've done it in quarter two, you can set yourself up. And these mistakes tend to get overlooked just with it with the heat of the moment. And look, you didn't lose to a bad team. You didn't lose to a bad quarterback. I think Mahomes is going to be a player for the ages. I thought he spent three quarters looking average and then just took the game by the scruff of the net. The problem is, and you mentioned it, the little bits of missed tackles, the little bits of pressure that didn't quite work. I mean, just a couple of times, I mean, you must have brushed his ankles. You know, just not enough to get pressure to put him down. And a third and 15 for Patrick Mahomes is almost different to a third and 15 for any other quarterback at the moment. Totally agree. And yeah, there was, there was one in particular where Nick Bosa sort of oh. fell and he just slapped the back off Mahomes' calf, basically. Pushed him forward a little bit, if anything. And, you know, so many times we were close, but just missed tackles. Um, I thought Williams and Hill were very good. There was one where um, I, th- I think it was Hill that completely sent Sherman the wrong way. Now, actually, Sherman got wise to that. It didn't happen to him again. Finally got burned by Watkins over the top. But the one thing that I would say of Richard Sherman is he can't have a go at him because he's not got the pace anymore against a young, fast wide receiver uh, who's running a route and did very well to get some separation. So I can't believe, you know, I'm not a massive Sherman fan, and I've said that repeatedly, but I thought he had an all right game when he was called into action. Um it just, yeah, just a couple of missed chances where, yes, you just need to knock the confidence a little bit. You need to make them think, oh, the, these first downs aren't going to come easy. 
And there was a couple of times where if we just had a momentum of a number of first downs that weren't coming easy, it might have put out. There was, I saw someone tweet that they saw Mahomes looking worried. They're not sure they've ever seen him look worried before. And he did. You know, there was a point there where he was looking a little bit like, I'm not quite sure what we can do here. Ultimately, Andy Reid came through. Um, the, the defensive coordinator came through. They did what they needed to do. And they did it really well. Um, the Damien Williams one that got reviewed. Do you know what? I think it's... That's not been overturned because it's inconclusive. I think that the ball crosses the line at this exact same time that his foot goes out of bounds. I think that the two things happen simultaneously. And because it's given a touchdown in the field, which they give the benefit of the doubt to the to the guy with the ball. And actually, at first, I thought that's definitely a touchdown. Um, that it wasn't conclusive. There's no way that was getting overturned. So I'm not I'm not coming into this, you know, ruining a terrible call that's absolutely cost us the game. It's funny that you mentioned through the Saints-Vikings one, and I've seen so many people reference the whole uh, Rudolph push-off versus the Kittle push-off. One of them was yeah. pass interference and one of them wasn't. Um, and I'm, I'll be honest, I think it was pass interference. It was soft. It wasn't, it wasn't like he got a massive advantage. I'm not sure he pushed him. He definitely, though, had his extended arm. And in that scenario, they're going to throw the flag. But if you compare it side-by-side side with the... Um, Mason Rudolph won, then absolutely that should have been pass interference. Yeah, I thought he was out. I have to say, in real time, I thought he was out. And if it had been ruled, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, on the one yard line, uh, it's it's a different game, isn't it? They'll well, kick the field goal. At that point, yeah, yeah. Well, they have to kick the field goal. You've got to draw level. You can't not draw level. You would be, I, I think, not even Andy Reid would have gone for it there because if you get a stop against what's a terrific front seven, I just don't think there's anywhere for you to go after that. So no, that, and that just shows you, you're looking at possibly half an inch and you've got a side judge. If he just decided to say, no, he was out of bounds, that would not, I don't think it would have been overturned because I think they were going to stand by the call on the field because it was almost impossible. If it'd been me, I thought he was out, but, you know, that, that's just the way it goes. It, it's interpretation. It's laws of the game. It's not rules of the game. And they're open to the interpretation. And they've just said, no, we can't overturn that. Therefore, call on the field stands. I would have liked the, the Niners to be a little bit better on their final drive, at least threaten a little bit. I just felt they almost seemed deflated. Yes. And it just wasn't going to go their way. You, you get that feeling, don't you? You just do. I mean, I thought the Chiefs were going to score. I didn't think San Francisco were going to score. And, you know, I, I feel for you because, to, you know, it's to get your team that far. Perhaps you weren't expecting it this year, but you're still there. You don't get there a lot. No team does unless you're the Patriots. Mm -hmm. You just you just want to see them come through. So no, I, I did feel, feel for you, but congratulations on the new telly on the same. <laughs> and, and genuinely, if there's a team that I do not hold, I don't hold it against the Chiefs. And I said this to the people that I had over last night. If it had been the Steelers, who there's a long history with. Had it been the Patriots, I mean, my goodness me, I would be sick if we'd lost to the Patriots in that because I'm so sick of seeing them in that Super Bowl. I think if it had been a team like that, that you've just seen when and when and when, then, and I mean, you could say the same of the Niners, you know, anyone that watched it in the 80s and 90s, they saw us win and win and win. Um, I don't I don't begrudge them in it in the slightest. You know, the decisions that were the penalties that went for or against us were not so egregious that you feel like you've been robbed. We had our opportunities there. Uh, I think that, you know, I, I think that a lot's come into focus for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that actually 
he wasn't utterly terrible. The the first interception was a terrible decision, but actually he kind of bounced back from that. At that point, that's in these Super Bowls where you can sometimes see a player crumble. And his style is is, is so Patriot-like. And you can see like there's that following in behind Brady where he's just checking it down. He's checking it down. That's all he needs to do. He doesn't need to throw bombs necessarily. It's when that stops working, then has he got something else in his locker? There was a couple of passes there. The one at the end that went to Sanders, I don't know if that was overthrown or Sanders just didn't have the pace to get to it. I'm not sure what the play was there. Didn't I thought it, I thought it was overthrown. Yeah. I, I genuinely do, but he was open. Yes, that was the thing, was. you know. And but you know, but it felt desperate. Just... It felt desperate on third and ten to go for it. You then have got one chance left to get into the game, and that's it. Now at that point, you're getting desperate anyway. But I I, I don't know that we had to go for it all there. It just was like yeah. I, I wasn't sure on the play calling. And I think that, do you know what? Andy Reid is 61 years old. Cal Shanahan is 40, I think. Um, And he's got a lot of time to learn still as a head coach. Um, And I think that these experience, this is a step up in the experience that he had on the last time that he was at the Super Bowl. Because, my goodness me, (laughs) how did he ever come back from that? Um, This one was a lot closer. He's managed to take a team that was in the toilet and had the second pick last year to the Super Bowl and finish second overall. So we've gone from the second pick to the second last pick. The progress, and again, if you'd given me this at the start of the year, I would have been like, I wouldn't have believed you. I would have said, there's no way. There's some weird scenario where every quarterback's going down somehow and we managed to get to the Super Bowl. But they, they really have built a squad of players. And I think they are just a few pieces away from being a real contender. Yeah, it would surprise me if if you're not there or thereabouts again next year, for sure. Let's look at a couple of things that were in and around the Super Bowl. Fox decided to debut their new graphics, which I never think is a particularly clever idea. Uh, I didn't really like the, the big score bar in the bottom of the screen. I liked the bleeding off of the stats left and right. I thought that was very tidy, but I, 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 was, I thought the score bar was a bit chunky. Um, I didn't like the cartoons of the players. Yeah. It didn't even, I, I, the one of Mahomes didn't even look like Mahomes. It was terrible. Well, I mean, rest assured that if we were to decide to have a second career, drawing NFL players for Fox certainly looks like doesn't need too many qualifications to it. So we can always do that. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I, I just prefer pictures. I don't, I don't, it's not a traditionalist thing. I just think, because, you know, you check, got the touchdown out they obviously didn't have a sketch of him um you know and that kind of showed up i i don't like you know perhaps they should have done your trial i know you want to make it look fresh you want to make it look exciting um but i wasn't convinced by that i thought uh, joe buck troy aikman did a pretty good job I thought, you know, Chris Myers, Aaron Andrews did a good job on the sidelines. I thought the actual angles they chose were pretty good. It was a, it was a pretty well produced broadcast. Uh, kudos to Sky Sports. I think they overused the, the the inside the huddle guys a little bit too much. I didn't watch yeah. Sky Sports. I watched BBC. Um, so, so that that's that, and the BBC, of course, they've got Mike Carlson. So that that's really all that matters, yeah. as, far, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, good to see both channels uh, covering the game, and it was nice to be on the radio this morning talking about the game as well. I was on Radio Scotland this morning. Who, you know, they got in touch to say, would you, would you come and do a review of the game for us? Now that allowed me the the priceless sum of four hours sleep, but it, it was nice to go on and do. 
Um, and that, do you know what? It'll be nice as well because anybody that was up watching the Super Bowl probably wasn't up listening to you. So it's nice that you're actually spreading the word to those people that perhaps didn't have the chance to set up and listen. So um, always great to get uh, NFL Scotland podcast representation at any media outlet. So if there's anyone out there listening, uh, uh, Paul and myself are fully available uh, for appearances. You know, do get in touch. Very, very uh, talented people. Um, lots of experience and uh, can talk about NFL if you want. Absolutely. Can I just give a shout out to Andy Harrow at the Scotland on Sunday for the nice piece? It was a great uh, article that he did at the weekend. Um, it was lovely. And also to Scott Loudon, who took uh, the unthinkable task of having to take a picture of me as well. Um, it was nice. And again, it was just nice to be able to talk about yourself and the other guys in the podcast. Um, so thanks to Andy for the piece. Yeah, really good coverage. Um, we've been very lucky over the last two years, really. Uh, we've had the opportunity to get out there and talk the good word uh, about NFL, which is superb. Uh, right, do you know what I'm going to do? We've had a couple of people. Uh, we'll we'll do some nomination chat because we can talk around some of the other stuff as well about the Super Bowl in a minute. Um, but let's do some. Let's do our weekly awards because there's only a couple of people who've got in touch with these. Are um, these are the top ones anyway? So maybe next his belter is Chris Jones stepping up big time in the fourth quarter as absolutely the defense put pressure on the 49ers. Bowfin for him is Shanahan. When will this guy learn how to coach with a lead on the biggest of all stages? And again, you know, I, I don't know that it's. All down to terrible. Well, mm. you, you you didn't watch Sky. Rob Ryan absolutely assassinated him. Oh, really? Right. On okay. Sky Sports, he did not. I mean, there was no subtlety about it. He went for him. Right. Basically, saying you have got to learn how to operate with a lead, and he criticised his play calling not once but twice. Right. Okay. You know, he came after a break. He had a real go. He thought it was very poor. Now, you could argue, what does he know? He, you know, has he been to Super Bowl and, you know, as a head coach and all of that? But he's there being paid to give his opinion. He's been around the game. He's a lifer in the game. You know, like, you know, Shanahan, you know, his dad was involved. So, you know, he's been there, seen it, done it. And he really had a go. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I, and it'll be interesting to see how he comes back next year. That will be uh, one of the bigger stories next year. Uh, Bob Ag for Mabin X. Uh, I'm not sure that this falls under the Bob Ag category because he says the lack of wardrobe malfunction during the halftime show. Nobody wants to see that. There's children watching. Come on. <laughs> Right, um, Tasty Catering, they've got in touch to see Belter. Tom Brady for his heart attack-inducing commercial. Uh, obviously, we saw the photo and everyone's like, what is it all about? Is this him telling us that he's going to leave? And it was all for an ad. Ugh. Go away, Tom. Just but go away he's, now. He's clever. Oh, he's yeah, clever. he's clever, but ugh, bore did you off. see? Did you see? Have you have you watched any of the Super Bowl ads? I've not had the chance to today. No, I I got up straight to work. I've just finished as uh, we're sitting recording this. So I'll sit and have a look uh, tonight and tomorrow probably. The only one you've got to watch is the the Jeep ad with Bill Murray recreating Groundhog Day. Right. Okay. That that to me is the absolute winner. I've I've not watched all of them. I've watched some of them. Some of them are actually not very good. I have to say I wasn't impressed with some of them at all because you, you look to be entertained, you look to be amused, but that's the one that absolutely hit the mark. And J-Lo and Shakira, did the pass fail? So for me, I thought it was a brilliant halftime show. I thought it had all the sort of pizzazz that you want in these sorts of events. I think that it was two artists that we've not seen in a while, whether that you're 
it's your taste or not. They're not my taste. Um, they're not musicians that I would listen to any of their particular songs or anything like that. I thought they put on a really good show. Lots happening. Uh, bring out the kids at the end. It's a big family show. It gets big pass marks from me. Well, I'm not quite convinced it was a big family show given... Uh, <laughs> what's, you know, what's wrong with pole the, dancing? The, the pole dancing and the whole <laughs> lot of hip shaking going on. I mean, I described it on the radio this morning. If you liked shaking yeah. and you liked badly dressed backing dancers, this was the halftime show for you. I just didn't think the music was very good. I thought it was very, very predictable. Um, you know, if you were going to say what's the most obvious thing we can do, well, we'll have them wearing not a lot and shaking quite a lot. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I, I tend to go on the Springsteen, the Who, Prince. Give me the music. You know, you know, give me, give me guys and girls who can actually, you know, bring it home on the music side of things. Now, I know that's not what they were going for. Uh, was it better than Maroon 5 last year? Yes, but they had some horrendous rapper who looked like he was in a silver condom outfit. It looked like Ali G. It was just dreadful, and you had the sort of gold lammy leprechauns. It just didn't work for me. It's trying to be too clever, and it's almost like we've got to make it fancy, we've got to make it this. You know, if you go back a few years, Katy Perry was outstanding, you know, and there was less of the gimmicky side of things. So, you know, I can take the fact that it's not my style of music. It just did nothing <laughs> for me. I mean... I love that you say that Katy Perry was less gimmicky. She had a man dressed as a shark that didn't know his moves next to her. But, that, but that's funny. Yeah. You know, that, that I find is funny, and you're not taking yourself too seriously. I mean, at one point, I thought it was Shakira that sort of kept putting her tongue in and out. Yep. Um, I mean, I just presume she was trying to taste somebody's chicken wings. Um, you know, you know, somebody's probably eating a chicken wing. So, did she want one of these? You know, um, so no, that that didn't work for me. Bring, give me Springsteen, the Who, Prince, proper people. Uh, if you've not seen the gif of Shakira uh, doing the very thing in question, uh, you will see it soon. It's going to be very used on the internet, I think. Um, right, uh, Tasty Catering. They also say um, Bowfin, Carl Shanahan for his bottle crash. Uh, Bob him, Antonio Brown just cause and I mentioned that one as well because Polly's been in touch his belter and we've not talked about this but I think this is going to lead into it Damien Williams in my opinion the MVP we'll come on to that in a minute Bowfin for him is hate to say this but I think ex-buck Quan Alexander had a bit of a stinker for the Niners I think he had both good and bad again we'll come on to that Bob Ag for him Antonio Brown for thinking he has a shot at an NFL return following his visit to a courthouse on Tuesday enough yeah I think enough is getting to the point but, now. But he, he was asked about, you know, did he have chronic traumatic enthalopathy or CTE, as it's known, and it's just, we all need mental help from our friends, etc. I'm like an animal in a cage. Everyone just talks about me. I can't go out my house in the private. What? Yeah. Everything I do is in the face of people, face of someone talking, someone making an assumption about me. Well, I'm sorry for making an assumption about you. I, I do apologize. But, you know, his latest address in January, police say attacked a moving truck driver. You know, I mean, yeah. come on. It's, it's just, you know, I am a target for media allegations. No, you went to France at the start of the year and burnt your feet. You know, that's what started it. Then we had the helmet stuff. I'm sorry. I mean, I like to, you know me, I'm all for second chances. I'm all for the rehabilitation story. But there comes a point when, you know, his agent has disowned him. Yeah, no. 
off you go, Antonio. We're, we're bored now. Yes, yes. Um, but coming back to the point then, MVP. So Polly says there, Damien Williams for MVP. And he has a case there. Who would you have had, you mentioned, that wouldn't have been Mahomes? No, I mean, Damien Williams had a pretty decent shout. I mean, you, you just, I mean, you're never going to give it to linemen, so I'm not even going to look at them. But that, you know, that's where it goes. You look at the protection that Mahomes got, but that's not the sexy one. But I thought Williams would have got it. I mean, Mahomes was brilliant. He engineered to come back and all that. Even you look at the stats, and that wasn't very good. It's his job to engineer the comeback. Would Garoppolo have been the MVP if he'd driven them down the field and won the game? Probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, depending on who did the catching or the running, I think the Niners, uh, had the Niners gone on and won it, uh, Debo Samuel, for me, would have been in with a contention. It yes, he was brilliant. Been, yeah, it would have been Garoppolo. If Samuel had scored a touchdown or two, then absolutely he. I think he's a really exciting player um, and one of the sort of plus points that we can carry forward, the fact that he's so young, the fact that he's going, you know, he's, this is his rookie year. Um, you look as well, you know, Kendrick Bourne, young guy as well. George Kittle, still young. Um, there is a lot of youth in that 49ers team. Um, but yeah, on the Chiefs side of it, I think that, you know, Williams scored two touchdowns. He got 104 yards rushing and he got 29 through the air. He was an important outlet. He managed to get a lot of yards after the tackle. He managed to make players miss. He got a lot of important first downs. I think that Mahomes ran one in himself. He threw two. He had two interceptions, though. It definitely wasn't Mahomes' best game. You know, certainly up until the seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter, Mahomes, for me, you were like, he's not done anywhere near enough to be MVP. He made some big plays at the end there that was enough, and he showed a very cool, calm head at the end to know what he was doing, to run around at the back and burn the time, and then ultimately just lob the ball up in the air. I mean, it was done anyway at that point, but even that, just threw the ball up in the air long enough that the time runs out, game over. Um, yeah, I, that that was clever. That, that was a nice play to finish it. I didn't see why he had to boast that he was going to Disney World in front of a massive TV audience. I'm going to Disney World this year. I'm not making a fuss about it. I think that is what... Uh, <laughs> Yes, I think sponsorship is uh, heavily involved there. Eh? Um, they can sponsor me. I'll, I'll go. Yeah. Um, so, so who gets your belter of the week then? The belter is Andy Reid. I don't think there's any doubt about it. You know, I on the palindrome day, o two, o two, twenty twenty, he delivered win two two two. Oh really? There you go. I didn't know that. <laughs> See, I spotted that. Um, so, no, I think Andy Reid, you know, just for his career, that secures him in the, the Hall of Fame. You could see what it meant to him. Uh, you know, he, he's he's not really overcome adversity. I think that would be a little bit harsh. You know, you every any coach has the ups and downs. But when, you know, it's almost like if, if you're a golf, Colin Montgomery never won the major, and that's the knock on him. You know, he won so many things, the Order of Merit, so many tournaments, you know, Ryder Cup. But there's always a little knock coming on you and that was the only knock on Andy Reid you know you know the longevity was there the wins were there the coaching tree was there oh, but he'd never won the Super Bowl well he has now he has now and do you know I totally agree with you as well I think that he has to get the belter I think that obviously Mahomes is going to be with us for a long time he's going to play in more and he's going to play better in other Super Bowl victories in his career I don't think there's any doubt about that barring an injury he's going or, to go on and get three four rings at least but will he I yeah, mean, I you know, if you, if you want to take the other, remember Marino 
got to a Super Bowl early in his career and never got back. Yeah, and, and I know you look at Breeze and Rodgers, and that's one of the things we're saying. You know, you look at Breeze and Rodgers, and actually Jimmy Garoppolo, in spite of never winning one outright in where he started, he will at least retire with two Super Bowl rings um, as the backup, granted. Yeah. But you look at um, you look at Drew Breeze, and unless he wins one in the next year or two, he's going to end up with one. Uh, and that's just, you know, it's, it's unreal. It's absolutely and unreal. Exactly, the all-time leader in just about yeah. everything. Oh, yeah. But so it just goes to show that you're never sure. You know, you can be the most talented guy in town, but if you don't have it around you, you'll you know you'll you'll get the wins and you'll win in your division, you'll win in the regular season. But in the NFL, it's always a quarterback alone cannot yeah. take you all the way. It, it it just cannot. He and it's at that point now as well, and it's an interesting one. This is one for another pod, but. He could take on this team and decide to just keep winning. He could be bitten by the bug and in this day and age, take the choice to not go for the biggest wage in all of the NFL and get that pride thing off your back and actually think, well, actually, what's going to set me up best for a win? Will be interesting to see when it comes to contract time what happens with him. Obviously, this is the end of his third season because year one, he just played that single game. It's getting to the point now where they're going to have to start talking to him about money. So uh, that will have a big factor in how successful the Chiefs are going to be in the future, for sure. Um, but so, right, Andy Andy Reid is our belter. Baufin then for you. Baufin, uh the Fox graphics for putting for putting the red. Now I understood it. Now I tweeted this early because it was the red marker of you know down and distance on the green turf. Now when it came to your guys, it was obviously the sort of goldy color. It looked gold to me. It could have been any color. Uh, so obviously they were using the home colors. You know, or the teams were playing. They should have went with white for for Kansas City. I, I I could see it enough, but I can also understand that that would have caused problems. And in this day and age, we've got to get better with red-green colourblind issues. Yes, and we will continue to champion that cause. Um, well, I think you're being very kind there and not taking a shot at my team, but I'm going to take one. Uh, I've already mentioned that I think that Baufin, uh and Paulie mentioned Quan Alexander there. And actually, I think Quan Alexander had a a bit of both in him. He had some really good tackles, some really hard tackles, which was great. And then he missed a bucket load as well. And there was missed tackles all over the place. So I'm not going to single out Shanahan. I'm not going to single out Jimmy. I'm going to say collectively too many missed tackles. Had we just got in and hit a bit faster, hit a bit harder and set them back, we could have put the Chiefs more on their back foot and put them under pressure so that they were slinging the ball and taking more risks and are giving our secondary a better opportunity to go and make some plays. Uh, in the end, they did. Two interceptions is pretty decent against Mahomes. It just wasn't enough, ultimately. So uh, that's what gets my bowfin. Uh Now, ball bag. And do you want me to start on this one? Because I'm going to give you my one. Yeah, um, no, you go for it. My ball bag is a guy who has been a ball bag for the last, for the last month, I'm going to say, and is generally a ball bag of a human being full stop to be perfectly honest if the stories about him are to be true but Frank Clark for me gets the ball bag award because why do you need to take the opportunity to have a pop at how much a quarterback earns when you've just won the Super Bowl why are you so angry in your life that you've got to have shots at other people rather than celebrating what you've just done in the park Frank Clark isn't exactly cheap you know he's his average salary on his five-year contract is 20 over 20 million dollars a year Jimmy's is 27 and a half so, do you know what? For a de defensive player versus a quarterback, 
that's a lot of money. How did Frank Clark do in the game? He had one tackle that was a sack. Nothing else. Now, fine, he might have put pressure on. He might have done all right. But his stats aren't exactly glowing off the page there. He didn't exactly light the game up. Um, and I just think, do you know what? When you have to come out like that, I just think that's naff. Um, and I think that's just, yeah, proper ball bag behavior. So for me, <laughs> uh, so let's compare him to Nick Bosa, who had three tackles and two assists and a sack. Let's DeForest Buckner, three tackles, three assists and one and a half sacks. Um, you know, let's just, just when you come out afterwards and what you're doing is you're having a pop at the opposition quarterback about how much money he's earning. I don't know the name of my ball bag, uh, but you may have seen him because he went viral. That's not. That's a pool quote. Yeah. There you go. Let's open it up to the people of Scotland. Name Paul's ball bag. There you go. Sorry. Like, right. You're just you don't know the name of the person that's getting your nomination for ball bag. So it's the guy who fell asleep in the stadium. Yeah. You know, somebody put the clip up, you know, everything's exciting, you're at the Super Bowl, and this guy's having a nap. <laughs> you know, now, I presume he was either the VER coordinator for the English Premier League. Um, that's certainly one possibility. Uh, he, you know, he could, it, he could have been doing his Joe Biden impression. Who knows? But I just thought, you're at the Super Bowl, mate. Go and stay awake. Yes, indeed. Indeed. And I'm not getting political with this as well. Another nomination for this has to go to President Trump for tweeting straight afterwards, congratulations, Kansas City. You've done the great state of Kansas proud. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's in Missouri, mm. Mr. President. <laughs> yes. It's in Missouri. Yes. You know. mm. um, deleted it, but it's it's the internet. As soon as it's there, someone screenshotted it. So that was very quick. Um, so yes, a marginal Bob Ag Award just for that. I'm not going into politics, so I'm not no, going any we, deeper. We, 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 but we won't Frank, go to the political yes. side of things, so but it, it is it is quite funny because even if you tweet anything, you think, oh, sh- I put a mistake in that. Somebody sees the mistake immediately and just screenshots it, so you're done. Yeah. You may as well just come out and admit it because somebody's always got it yeah. somewhere. Although, I, yeah, I'm not sure it was a mistake at first. I think he had someone tell him that's not right. Anyway, um, so David Ross has also got in touch to say that his ball bag was Frank Clark. I just, ah, uh, Trash talk on the field all you want. I think Tyron Matthew was played a brilliant game. He's actually a, someone who gets a, 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 an outsider contender. I thought he was brilliant. I think he's a brilliant player. When he was available, I really hoped the Niners would make a move to try and get him. Hard hitting is so important, makes great tackles, talks a lot of trash, but isn't dirty, does, isn't taking cheap shots, doesn't need to, doesn't run his mouth, doesn't need to, just does what he needs to do and then goes and celebrates. I think credit, well done to him. Frank Clark, Ball bag. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, absolutely. But, I, I, and again, it was different for you this year because it was your team. Yeah. Taken away from the fact it was your team, it was a good Super Bowl, it was engaged. If you're going to sit up till half three in the morning, you want it to go to the last two minutes. It went to the last two minutes, and I was, you know, really pleased about that. And, you know, it was just good to see, you know, the, the sharing on social media. I mean, I, I got a fair amount of stick from my shopping cart, which I tweeted a picture of. Rightly, um, so. rightly so. But that wasn't the, the finished product. I was just trying to be nice. Um, 
but that that's the way it goes. But that even but that was great. You know, people sharing, you know, all their snacks and and all the bits and pieces. And to anybody, and we mentioned this to Claire De Bear, anybody who did provide a salad option, we would like to remind you it is the Super Bowl. Salads need not apply. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they need not. Um, right. Okay. So, any anything more on the Super Bowl before we move on? No, just a genuinely enjoyable night, and we've had oh, a yeah. moment before. I don't like the way that they can't stop people coming on the field and all the media. I think, you know, you've got to meet Andy, Andy Reid, you know, you've got to shake the hand of the opposing coach, and, you know, you've got to facilitate that. And when I'm in charge of the NFL, which obviously I'll overtake from Roger when he decides to step down, you know, create basically 10 yards either side of the halfway line, put the rope up, players only, let's get the handshakes out the way and then go into the media stuff. And can we start presenting the award, the trophy, either to the coach or to the team captain? I know the Hunt family are great and we've had Robert Kraft and all that and the owners put it together, blah, 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 blah. It's the players who win the game. Give them the honour. Yeah, I totally agree with that sentiment completely. It's the wrong way around. Give it to the owners at the end. It should be the people that have just put their bodies on the line to try and win that game. Absolutely should be them. Should always be them. But we'll move on now. And what we will do is... We'll we'll have a bit of a deja vu. You talk about Groundhog Day earlier on. Groundhog Day hits us again because we get to the end of the Super Bowl and we go, oh, there's a new league starting, a new spring league. And sure enough, here comes another one. Slightly different this year and it's got a bit of a different feel to it. The XFL starts next weekend. Um, They've been, it feels like the PR is stronger. I think the backing of Vince McMahon means that there's money. Obviously, Vince McMahon of WWE, uh, the XFL was around before they're doing it again they're doing it differently i'm quite excited about this i'm quite fascinated to see what this is going to be so uh, do you want do you want me to give you my my goods and my bads yes because because i will i think the the bads are some of it is the same old places you know you're in seattle you're in new york you're in dallas you're in houston you're in tampa you're in washington you're in la i think they've missed a chance to try and get to a different market now st louis don't have a team um you know san antonio did it in the the afl i just think they've missed a chance but they've tried to play it safe by going to the big market so I, i'm not a big fan of that to start with I think some of the let, let's talk a little bit about the uniforms because quite frankly I think they could have just done them a little bit better if you look at the uniforms and I've got them in front of me the the New York Guardians jersey looks like a Patriots jersey just in a slight again bear in mind the color blindness just in a different shade the Dallas Renegades have ripped off the Tennessee Titans uh, the Houston Roughnecks have ripped off the Houston Texans. Uh, the Tampa Bay Vipers, and I understand the green and yellow because that's the Tampa Bay Rowdies colours, so I can understand that. Uh, the DC Defenders look like a San Francisco jersey, and the LA Wildcats with a sort of black with a red, I just don't think works. So I'm not overly inspired by the jerseys. I, you know, so again, I think they they missed the chance to try and do something a little bit nicer. Some of the helmet stuff is fine, but you've got to see that they're they're doing well with it, with the television. You know, you know, twenty five games will be broadcast on ABC and Fox. You know, there, there's other, you know, and that really is that's what you need. You need to have a good 
um, interesting opportunity for people to see it. So, I mean, week one, Seattle at DC is on ABC. The early Wildcats, Houston Roughnecks, that's on Fox. I'm not convinced Kirk Menefee is the play-by-play announcer. Uh, Tampa Bay at New York is on Fox, and the St. Louis Battlehawks are at the Dallas Renegades on ESPN. That That's pretty good stuff. If you remember, um, you know, the, the league that packed in last year, you know, they were showing some games on some weird channels. They were streaming some other ones. You know, this has got proper Fox, you know, the yeah. occasional game on FS1, or, but it's it's ESPN, it's Fox, it's ABC. So I'm very impressed by that. Yeah, last year it was uh, TNT and the NFL Network as they got sort of into bed with the NFL uh, and games were shown there and that gave the NFL Network guys opportunity to commentate on games. For us in the UK, the only way to really see it was you had to go and find a, a link on YouTube, which was frustrating and hit and miss at best. You've mentioned this, the fact that it's been picked up well in the States. By the very fact that you can get it here, and we've already talked about all the games will be on the ESPN player. And I now I believe it's the only way you'll see every single game, but it might not be because BT Sport next weekend are showing all four games of the first fixtures. So Saturday night for us at seven o'clock, which is a decent time to be shown a game, you've got the Seattle at the DC Defenders, Seattle Dragons. Then at 10 o'clock until 1 a.m. on Saturday night, You've got the Wildcats, so the LA Wildcats at the Houston Roughnecks. You then go into Sunday, and Sunday you've got on, uh, let me just get my games lined up here. So the first one is 7 o'clock again, um, which is Tampa Bay Vipers at the New York Guardians. That's on BT Sport 2. Then you flip over to ESPN, and um, it's got, now then, <laughs> they've got something wrong here because they're saying it's St. Louis at Seattle and that isn't the game. So there's something's gone wrong there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've not quite got it right as far Dallas. as that's concerned. Yes, it's at Dallas, yeah. not Seattle. So that we'll put that down as a TV guide issue. Um, but yes, uh, but all four games are going to be shown on TV, on BT Sport, on the ESPN player in the, in the UK, meaning that we're going to be able to see it, which is great. Yeah. No, it's it's going to be. I'm really looking forward to it. It's a chance to see players who want to break into the NFL, and that's what we saw this year. We saw guys who put themselves in a shop window uh, with the AF and got into the NFL. So good on them. It's that fallow time of year so if there's stuff that we can sit and watch and chat about I'm all for it. Damn right um, Right okay, any other news items I'm going to kick off with one, uh, you can then come in with any others, we missed the fact because it got lost in all of the Super Bowl madness former 49ers tight end Vernon Davis is retiring uh, a great player, a very big important player, uh, the first tight, uh, the first game I ever went to was the uh, 49ers Jags and Vernon Davis was in that, played very well which was great also tied to that, though, just breaking like eight minutes ago, the Panthers have officially cut Greg Olson. So Greg I'm... Olson is now a tight end, and I think you can probably put most of your money he's going to end up in Washington. Oh, without doubt. I mean, like as soon as I saw it, I thought there, there's absolutely no way uh, Ron Rivera is going to ignore him just for his his ability to be around and what he can bring. So no, that that to me was a no. That will be a no-brainer, and I don't see him going anywhere else yeah totally any other news items tickling your fancy no i mean i think it was you know falcons won't uh, pursue any talks with defensive end vic beasley uh i think charles it was it tweeted out a 
brilliant exchange. Uh, somebody was questioning, you know, where had the particular person tweeted uh, this information from, and of course they were actually challenging the official Atlanta Falcons yeah. um, <laughs> uh, Twitter, which I thought was really quite funny. Yes. Uh, so, so that, so that was pretty good. Uh, no, I mean I think that everything's been on the Super Bowl. We'll see how it then settles down. We've got the XFL to look at, and to keep people listening over the next few months, because obviously we've got the draft. We're going to look back as we did last year on the draft from a couple of years ago to try and rank success, and we're going to have a few special guests along the way. Yeah, we've got some really tasty guests actually lined up as well to get their take on a couple of things. So, looking forward to getting those organised, and we will present that content. I think that yeah, I've, I think we'll definitely catch up next week, and we'll review the first weekend fixtures of the XFL. Let's see how it's gone. Give our initial thoughts on that. The one other thing to mention, though, as well, and we talked about this last week, we are bringing, along with 82 Press, Dante Hall, former Kansas City Chief. So timing couldn't be any better, especially if you're a Chiefs fan. But we are bringing the all-pro, two-time Pro Bowl, former Chief, former Ram, former Scottish Claymore, Dante Hall, over to Scotland, we've got events in Glasgow on Monday the 13th of April, an event in Edinburgh on Tuesday the 14th of April, where you can come and meet Dante Hall. Now, we've tweeted out the link to that, so check out our Twitter at ScotlandNFL. There's a link there to the 82 Press ticket site. Um, like I say, we're doing it in conjunction with them. So they have got those tickets live. Um, there are two levels. There's a normal ticket and then there's a VIP, a VIP ticket. Now, the, the stuff you're getting on that VIP is brilliant. What we will say is normally when we do live events, it's normally you and me and, you know, some Scottish people. Um, that's usually a £3 event. All of that money goes to merchandise. There's obviously a cost in getting Dante Hall to come over here. So we're putting this on to... It's, it, so it's a little bit more ticket-wise, but we're putting this on because the people of Scotland keep saying to us, we really want these events. We really want to have these events. So, right, let's get this event in. Let's get it in for April. Let's try and sell this out because if we can sell this out, then we're going to be able to do more of these events. So go check it out. Go check out the details. We would love to see you at Glasgow or at Edinburgh. Uh, and Paul, a great opportunity to learn from a great of the game. If you've been to any events, you know, any of the, N the NFL UK events and things, you learn so much from these guys. And this is a chance to get up close and personal with somebody who's been there, seen it, done it. You know, he'll, he'll know, he knows so many people. I mean, he was on the main page of the NFL website just last week. So he knows and he's well thought of. And it'll just be a fascinating insight to the game that we all love. And the thing is, it doesn't matter which teams he played for. Everybody knows who he is. It doesn't matter which team you support. You just want to go and hear something like this. If you don't know who he is, go and search him on YouTube and go and watch some of his highlight reels. Um, you know, he's known as the X Factor and the human joystick. There's a reason for that. The records that he holds for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, he's got the most uh, punt return touchdowns. He's got the most kickoff return touchdowns. Uh, the most all-purpose yards, I think, as well. And it's just absolutely phenomenal player that... <laughs> Really can't wait to sit down. So hopefully we'll see you at those events. Lots and lots to look forward to. And that, of course, is just in the run-up to the draft. So we'll be sitting and getting his thoughts on some of the exciting players coming through. We'll ask him about what it's like going through the draft process himself. Uh, loads of exciting content to hear from him. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a great night. Edinburgh, Glasgow, if you even you can travel, we'll love to see you there.
Definitely. Right, well, that's a full-time whistle then for episode 87 of the NFL Scotland podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Please continue to share your thoughts and your opinions on what we've been chatting about in the podcast. Ultimately, it is congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs for winning Super Bowl 54. But get to us on Twitter at Scotland NFL and on Facebook by searching for Scotland NFL. Thanks everybody who took part in our two-year birthday competition. We're going to announce on Twitter later in the week the winner of the T-shirt and all the NFL Scotland stuff. It's just great to have a chance to share some of the stuff that we've got. So well done to everybody who got it right. And my congratulations to to the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, they deserve that. We will announce that winner. There was four people that got it right. So there's four names going into the hat and we'll draw that out. So keep an eye out on that. We hope you enjoyed this season. Stay with us on the NFL Scotland podcast. We'll go to our closed season schedule. So it's probably once every couple of weeks we'll have a pod for you. But we have got some great guests lined up. So keep us on those downloads. But also watch the XFL, which kicks off next week, as Cameron outlined, live on British television as well. We'll be talking about that next week. The NFL may have gone to bed for a little while. It's time for the XFL to step up. From Cameron, for myself, hope you enjoyed your Super Bowl. Bye for now. 